0: You're listening to the Put Your Passion to Work podcast, where together we seek to gather inspiration, motivation, along with tangible tips to start and scale your coaching business. I'm your host, Michelle Marie, Mindset and Business Coach. With over 18 years of business experience, you and I are going to transform your passion of helping others so you too can create a profitable coaching business. Let's have some fun while we build your biz starting right now. Today, I get to interview a scientist, a real life scientist, you guys. This is part of the reason why I love podcasting so much. It gives me a reason and an excuse to go up to really interesting people and say, hey, I love what you're doing. Can I interview you for my podcast? And I haven't heard a no yet, so without further ado, I'm gonna introduce you to Danielle Rath. She is the Green Eyed Guide. She's an author of "Are You a Monster or a Rock Star?" and she's got such an interesting passion and niche. I can't wait to pick her brain and give you guys some amazing tips on how to use fatigue as a tool. So, I want you to tell us who you are, what you do, and kind of how your journey has led you to this point of your career and what you teach others?
1: Sure. So I am a scientist and an author, a speaker, and a consultant. What I do is give workshops and speaking events where I can talk about myths and misconceptions surrounding caffeine and energy drinks. And I lead workshops with companies to address fatigue in the workplace. So not just, you know, drink more coffee if you're tired, because fatigue can be you know, because you're bored or you're burned out. So through my workshops, we'll talk about how to drink caffeine so it so you don't get addicted and so it doesn't mess up your sleep. But we try and focus on more of the psychological and the physical things you can do if you're feeling bored or burned out so that your employees are happier and they're less likely to make mistakes.
0: I love that. And I think that since I've attended your workshop, Danielle, I've lessened my caffeine intake because <laughs> Just so you know, awesome. you're, yeah, you're listening to a bunch of coffee drinkers. Yes. <laughs> Everyone here who's listening, I'm guaranteeing you is coffee or caffeine in the form of tea. I limit myself to two cups of coffee a day, mm-hmm. and usually I, I just down them right in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then I realized after hearing your your workshop and seeing the pyramid of these levels of fatigue, mm-hmm. that I really was towards the bottom where I only needed one.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And That's great. I'm yeah, glad it's helping you.
0: <laughs> it totally is. So, we're going to share that so everyone can see this visual, this pyramid, because it's amazing. And secondly, if I do feel like I'm going moving up a level of fatigue, there's my afternoon cup of coffee. There's my second cup of coffee.
1: Yep.
0: Before that, I would be on maybe my third cup of coffee, two in the morning and one in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And that was overkill. So, we'll jump into all that. But my seven, almost eight-year-old is so excited that I'm talking <laughs> to a scientist because oh, he, awesome. wants to, yes, he wants to be a scientist. So I, I said, Braden, do you have any questions for the scientist? And he wants to know how you study food and how it helps people.
1: Yes. So the great thing about food science is there's so many different places you could go with that. I got started with food science because when I was in high school, I loved nutrition and I loved chemistry. And putting those two together, nutrition and chemistry, led me to studying biochemistry in college, which is basically the study of how your body turns food into energy. That's Mm. uh, metabolic biochemistry. But from there, I took it one step further and found food science. Like I loved metabolism so much. That I found food science, which is what I studied in grad school. And studying food science, I realized that there are so many different things you could do as a food scientist. There are food scientists that study microbiology and like germs and bacteria, both the good bacteria in your gut as well as bad bacteria in food that can make you sick. There's food scientists that study beer. There's food scientists that study sensory, like, you know, do people like this label versus this label? Do they like, this formula versus this formula, you can do this, basically the science of how people like food, and then there's scientists kind of more towards where I went, which is how do the ingredients in the food change how it tastes, or how long it lasts, or how it affects your body, so that's the food chemistry side, so if you like studying food, I would just I mean, I have so many different food science books that I can recommend that are, you know, every reading level. There's like food science for babies, you know, all the way through like cooking books and the science of how to cook a French fry optimally, you know. But there's just so many different places you could go if you want to pursue studying what the, the science of food is. I need the French fry one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you. I'll write that down. I'll get you the French fry one. It's great.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So the french fries are a staple in my household. I don't know about you. Mine, mine too. <laughs> so we're local to each other, and did you also go to school locally, or did you go outside of Wisconsin?
1: <laughs> so I don't know if you could see it, but I'm wearing my UC San Diego t-shirt. I, I'm a Southern California girl. I was born and raised in SoCal. Um, my husband and I moved to Wisconsin in 20, oh gosh, 20. 18 or the winter of 2017 yeah the winter of wow so this will be my third winter coming up um so i'm still getting used to like wisconsin seasons things that you have here air quotes she put the air Air quotes quotes. yeah these these season things that i'm learning about so i went to school in southern california uh well i went to to uc san diego for my undergrad degree and then northern california for my graduate degree so yeah i'm from southern california
0: Oh, man. I feel for you because you just left one of the most beautiful places weather-wise in the U.S. Did you love how we just skipped right over fall this year? Did you like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it helps that my bulldog loves, for being a short-haired dog, she loves the snow. I mean, she wants to go outside 12 times a day. So Mm -hmm. her enthusiasm and love helps me enjoy the snow. So I don't I don't hate it as much. Also, I work from home, so I don't have to deal with shoveling the driveway every day. So it, helps. it helps. All of those things help me appreciate the weather, even if it's, you know, freezing cold outside. Absolutely. I have a meme I'm going to post later, and I'll tag you in
0: it specifically okay, great. about the snow. <laughs> so I love, so you're talking about, we're talking about enthusiasm and love, the same way that your bulldog has a love for snow. When I asked you to list three topics that you're super passionate about, you mm-hmm. said energy drinks. Yes caffeine. Yes. And fatigue. Yes. So let's, let's dive into that. How do those light you up? And how do you teach about fatigue, caffeine and
1: energy drinks? And what do you teach specifically? They're in that order perfectly, because that's really the order that pulled me in to where I am now. I started, I'm going to date myself here, but I started college the same year that energy drinks came out. I mean, it's hard to imagine now, but when I started college, your options for coffee were decaf or regular. Like there was, wow. there was no Starbucks. I'm that old. And there weren't really any energy drinks. Red Bull was kind of making a, an appearance. I remember. But, yeah. <laughs> but Monster Energy came out the same year that I, I started studying biochemistry. And as someone who was balancing two jobs with my full-time studies, I needed caffeine and I hated coffee. I wasn't really a fan of tea. I didn't really like Coke or soda or anything like that. So energy drinks were my saving grace. They helped me balance all my roles and responsibilities. And so I drank them as well as studying them. I was studying biochemistry, how your body turns food to energy. So I was learning about caffeine and other ingredients like taurine and B vitamins. The same time that these energy drinks were coming out, and people had all these questions about them, and I was disappointed because doctors and dietitians at the time were painting the picture so black and white, like energy drinks are poison. Yeah, they totally wrote it off. Yeah, and that didn't make sense to me because it seemed so black and white, and it didn't match up with what I was learning in class. I mean, looking at the label, like there's less caffeine in a Red Bull than a grande cup of coffee at Starbucks, so it's not not really going to kill you, you know? And so from that moment, I decided I'm going to be the person that gives you a straight up answer, a realistic answer. How can you drink caffeine safely so that you can make a decision based on science and not on fear or not on misconceptions? So that's how I became so passionate about energy drinks. I wanted to learn as much as I could and help as many people as I could understand them or see them the way I did through my green eyes, which is how Green Eyed Guide was born. You know, helping people see the way, things the way that I did through my eyes. So that's how I became so passionate about energy drinks. And then as I as I progressed through school and college, energy drinks changed just as much as I changed. The, market, were, exploded, right? There's the a market, market exploded, right? The market exploded exactly. In two thousand nine, I think there were Forbes magazine said in two thousand Nine or 2010, there were 500 different brands of energy drinks, which is crazy, right? And obviously not all of them fit that Red Bull stereotype. So I expanded my passion and my studies, my area of focus from energy drinks specifically to caffeine in general. That way I could help people and I could talk about caffeine, whether it comes from your wired waffles, which is waffles that have caffeine in them. No way. Yes, yes way. There's wired waffles and there's wired peanut butter. There's caffeine in gum. There's caffeine in candy. Like caffeine is everywhere. So I wanted to be able to speak to all of that, not just energy drinks specifically. And then the more I got into caffeine, the more I got into fatigue in general. 85% of the U.S. population drinks, like of all ages, drinks caffeine on a daily basis. But I wanted to help 100%, not just the 85 that drink caffeine. So I expanded my my pyramid, my levels of fatigue from rules about caffeine to rules about fatigue in general. What can you do even if you're not a caffeine drinker? Or maybe you are a caffeine drinker, but you don't have caffeine handy. What can you do to address that fatigue so that you feel more awake and alert and energized? So that's how all of it fed into, <laughs> into my passion. It just built on each other. So smart. So what can we
0: do? I know you say that you can use fatigue as a tool and I find yeah. that fascinating. So what tips can you give our listeners here that feel fatigued on a daily basis? They're stressed out, they're you know constantly on the go to and from work, picking up and dropping off kiddos, working from home, just on the go. Mm-hmm. And that stress level is probably you know medium to high.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How can we use fatigue as a tool?
1: There's three ways that I would recommend to addressing fatigue. The first thing and the easiest thing is just taking a split second to kind of self-assess how tired you are. If you did nothing else, just taking that moment to like mentally acknowledge, okay, I'm you know three out of five, and you don't even have to know my rules just to be able to rate on your own scale from one to five. I'd say zero from five, zero being completely fine, happy, alert, whatever. Okay. So the first thing would just be just make it a habit to just take a split second, a breath, to just assess where you are. Because sometimes just having that mindfulness can make a difference in what you do next. You know, maybe you'll take a deep breath, you know, try not to drive crazy and yell at your kids as they're spilling milk on your car seat, you know, things like that. Just take that moment to assess. The second thing is you can build your own rules. Of course, my rules are on my website, which I'll, I'll, you know, will be in the show notes and I'll give you at the end. Um, But yeah, at Green Eyed Guide, I have different rules for what you do for each level of fatigue. Even if you haven't looked up those rules, you can build your own. What do I do when I'm at fatigue level four, three or two or one, you know? And so if you're taking that first step of self-assessing, the second step would be, okay, well, what do I do? Maybe every time you're at fatigue level one, you get a glass of water or you meditate for five seconds, just, you know, even if you're, yeah, exactly. Even if you're the busiest person, you can assess and then react based on that assessment. So that would be the second step is have those rules and follow those rules based on how tired you are. The rules should all be different. The third thing and the most important thing is if you're noticing a pattern, like if you're always at fatigue level four out of five every single day, then it's time to say, I need to change something. Maybe I can't be the Girl Scout mom and the soccer mom and this PTA person and have a full-time job and blah, blah, blah. Like maybe there's 10 things that you're doing, five of them are volunteering things, or three of those things you can delegate to a neighbor or your partner you know, if you're always burned out, then you need to start identifying where you can change things. So that third step is the hardest one. I hate asking for help. I hate acknowledging when I can't do something. But when I first had my son, I was at fatigue level four, fatigue level five, where I'd be like falling asleep standing. And so being at that level day after day after day, it finally made me realize like, I need to ask for help. I need to make a change, a permanent change, not just a change for today, but, you know, a change for the rest of the week or a change for my life. I need to quit posting YouTube videos, you know, and just focus on my kid right now, you know, that's what you can do with the levels of fatigue. You can make those permanent changes based on how tired you are if you're sensing that pattern.
0: So let's level set everybody. What would you describe your level for it? And what are some examples?
1: Yeah. So, um, actually I'll go through all the levels if that helps that way yeah. you can. Yeah. So as I mentioned, level zero is like your baseline. You're perfect, you're awake, you're happy, whatever your baseline is. Not everyone's going to be singing and dancing in their living room at level zero, but level zero is your baseline. Level one is when you're bored or drowsy. So you're not tired, you're just kind of distracted. Maybe it's a long drive. For me, it's like when I'm doing data entry or expense sheets, like that's boring. But I'm not tired enough to have uh, caffeine. I'm tired enough where I'd put on music or I'd drink water. Exactly. It's it's more of a boredom than a tiredness. Okay. Um, level two is when you're legitimately tired. So you actually try and you actually use I'm too tired as an excuse. So for me, you know, even on Saturdays, like sunny outside and I've got nothing to do and it's like meh I'm too tired I don't really want to take my son to the library I don't want to take my dog to the park like I just feel like meh I'm too, I'm tired. too tired to do laundry I'm too tired to <laughs> run the
0: dishwasher I got it I, yeah, I live exactly. there a lot. <laughs> yes
1: yes so I tend to use I'm too tired as an excuse and then I realized like, okay, just, just get off your butt. Like go do something. You know, I'm, I realized that I'm using this as an excuse. I have the energy to do something. I'm just allowing myself to be lazy and there's a time and a place to rest, but sometimes we take it too far and we rest too much. Yes. So that's fatigue level two. Fatigue level three is when you're like legitimately tired. Like this is my son woke up three times last night, or I had an all night project Um, sometimes for me fatigue level three is when I stay up all night blogging or working on a project and instead of going to bed at nine or ten I go to bed at one and I wake (laughs) up at five so fatigue level three is when you're legitimately struggling or you're just overwhelmed and stressed out fatigue level four is beyond that fatigue level four is your breaking point like you have a very short, um, a, a, a very short fuse. You know, you might snap at loved ones. You might get angry at the smallest things, like something falls off your bookshelf, and you're like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> "Yeah, something like, yeah." Field What did Exactly. You this exactly. is the new mom with the newborn level. I think. Yes.
1: Yes. I mean, you're you're barely hanging on. You're just trying to survive. You might be counting down the minutes, counting down the hours until you can sleep again, like. Fatigue level four of five is not a good place to be. Jet lag. Exactly, jet Mm -hmm. lag. And then fatigue level five of five, your eyes are open, but you're not there. Like it's level five of five. That's as tired as you can get. You can fall asleep standing. You, you know, no one's home. Like you're not processing. You're barely doing basic human functioning, like speaking and thinking.
0: Which you
1: said not a lot of people get to that level. Thankfully, not a lot of people get to that level because usually when people are at, level four of five, they, they make some kind of change. You know, it's, it's hard to sustain fatigue level four without like either completely losing your cool or saying, all right, that's it. I have to, I have to sleep. So when you're at five of five, like you've pushed yourself as far as you can possibly go. At this point, your body will sleep either, you know, whether you want to or not. Like I've been at fatigue level five of five during grad school and I literally fell asleep standing because it was like a oh long my day after a long week you know so this your is body will fall
0: asleep people are falling asleep at the wheel this is like yes. really really hard stuff really hard to come by and you've been at probably four for a while
1: so yeah. let's
0: quickly run down each level starting with five give me the quick fix so that you can bring yourself down a level so if you're at level five so everyone here listening mm-hmm.
1: assess yourself right now where you're at so if you're at five what's the quick fix? How do you fix? You have to sleep. Like sleep. You're going to sleep whether you want to or not. So find some place where you can sleep safely. Pull over, have a five, 10-minute nap. Like Find some way to get some sleep, whether you're hiding in your car or something. like You need to sleep. There's nothing else. There's no amount of caffeine that can save you at this level.
0: Okay. Level four, my new moms, the newborns, they're feeding every two to three hours. How do they fix to get down to another level?
1: At level four, you have to start something. So you have to take one step and focus on what you need to do the most. So at this level, you might be trying to do five things at once. You have to figure out, okay, I'm just going to focus on this one thing. This other stuff is going to have to wait, but I'm going to have to start all of my focus on this one step. And you just focus on one step at a time. You know, you break those tasks into teeny little steps that you can take and just focus on the very next step. Is there
0: some coffee she can help with?
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So if you are a caffeine drinker, then what you would do for that, this is where you would reach for um, caffeinated beverages that have 200 to 400 milligrams of caffeine. So for reference, a Grande brewed coffee from Starbucks has 320 milligrams of caffeine. That's a Grande brewed coffee. Um, There's also some energy drinks that I like. Uh, One of them is called Reign, like a Kingdom Reign, R-E-I-G-N. That Mm -hmm. has 300 milligrams. Um, There's also a Starbucks Triple Shot that just came out that has 225. Those caffeinated beverages that have more than 200 milligrams, but less than 400, you shouldn't have more than 400 in a day. So 200, 400 is your range if you're at fatigue level four. So
0: focus on one thing get that triple espresso shot. <laughs> and yes. I think a lot of us are probably living in between two and three. So
1: what can we do if we're at a three? If you're at a three, then you need to ease up. You need to delegate something. And this is very close to level four. I mean, with level four, you're just focusing on one step at a time. With level three, again, you're, you're delegating, you're figuring out what am I supposed to do right now that I'm not going to do. So whether it's asking for help or whether it's, you know, moving one of your things for tomorrow or the next day, like you need to ease up, you need to figure what are you not going to do right now? If you're a caffeine person, this is when you can drink things that have 100 to 200 milligrams of caffeine. So for fatigue level three, um, monster energy fits there, rockstar energy fits there. Um, Those little bottled Starbucks Frappuccinos, they fit in that level. What else? There's a couple of uh, um, there's a couple of teas that I like, like Steez, Steaz, S-T-E-A-Z. Okay. They have a tea based energy drink that I think has 125 milligrams, so that fits
0: in that in that. Oh, that sounds interesting. Side note: My husband is a monster drinker, so when we're getting ready to go somewhere, he he goes and gets the White Monsters. Do you like those? those I do actually. Ones?
1: Okay, <laughs> yes. um, I I like the big brands, Red Bull and Monster they're not the healthiest ones, but if you're not, I mean, I'm not worried about artificial sweeteners. Like I haven't seen enough science to make me worried about that personally. So I like Monster because they're such a big brand. They are under intense legal scrutiny. I trust them and their manufacturing practices way more than I do some of the energy drinks I see that you can only get online. I don't such know if they're I don't know if they're following good manufacturing practices. I know a few of the scientists at Monster and they are in under such legal scrutiny they have to have their ducks in a row. That is such a
0: good point. So definitely be a proponent of people who are under scrutiny because that means that they're delivering good quality practices yeah. and you know exactly
1: what you're getting inside your drink. That's a good exactly. Point. And they have so many different options, like Monster has a coffee one, they have a juice one, they have a, like an, uh, a recovery one, I think it's Monster Rehab, and they have sugar-free ones. So they basically have one product to fit every different type of diet or, or preference. Got it. There's a lot of variety there.
0: Okay, so we're at, down to level two. So level two is like, yes. you're in Excel all day, you're kind of bored, you're not all there, maybe you need a little pep in your step, what can we do at that level?
1: So if you're at fatigue level two where you're like, meh, nah, I'm too tired, that's why I recommend tea, something really weak, something with zero to 100 milligrams of caffeine. So Red Bull, believe it or not, fits in this level. I know Red Bull seems oh. like super strong, but the eight ounce Red Bulls only have 80 milligrams of caffeine. The taller ones have 110. So a Red Bull fits in this fatigue level two, and so does um, V8 energy, which I really like. Um, there's also a Mio, like Mio energy, you can just squirt it in your drink, it's a little bit harder to gauge how much you're getting, but if you Mm. do, I think, a teaspoon, you're getting the same amount of caffeine as a Red Bull, and if you're at this level, and you're not a caffeine drinker, um, what I recommend is a talk or a tickle, so like sometimes just talking to another person can break you out of that rut. Like if I'm I'm too tired to go to the park, I'll go on an Instagram story and like, hey, everyone, I'm taking my dog to the park (laughs) and I've committed. So I'm doing it. I'm breaking through that excuse. Um, Or another thing I'll do is I'll chat with my friends who can always make me laugh. And that laughter, that dopamine, which caffeine is increasing, you can increase through laughter or someone that makes you smile. So finding something to make you laugh or smile um, that'll kind of break you out of that. I'm too tired, right?
0: Yeah, I like that. That's good advice because it seems like whatever is going to rise your energy levels up and that oftentimes is talking to a loved one, moving your body, getting some sunlight,
1: mm-hmm. things like
0: that. So important, especially for our winters here. Yes. So what's the typical amount of caffeine in an eight ounce cup of coffee? So for example, I have a Keurig. So how much coffee am I giving myself in that in the morning with
1: my cup of coffee for my Keurig? It's about 100 milligrams. That's a nice round number that they use for an average cup of coffee. Some of those cups of coffee, like if you get your coffee at Starbucks, it might be a little stronger than that, and usually they're good at putting it on their menus, but basically the general rule of thumb is 100 milligrams per cup of coffee. And that's level? Um, Well, 100 milligrams would be at fatigue level two. Level two, okay. If you're at level one, you should try and just have water because you might be... Level one is when you're bored. So it might just be doing something different, drinking water. That's what you can do if you're drowsy or dehydrated at that fatigue level one.
0: Got it. So level one is just above your baseline where you're feeling energetic and amazing. Mm -hmm. And so not to reach for the caffeine, but just to hydrate yourself with water
1: Mm -hmm.
0: might be the answer for us. Okay, I love that. Exactly,
1: And especially this is really important for people that wake up in the morning The first thing in the morning, you might be so exhausted that that you want to start your coffee machine, but actually science has shown that if you have an eight ounce glass of cool slash chilled water in Wisconsin, it can just be normal water. I'm sure it's cold enough. Room temperature. (laughs) Yeah, room temperature. But if you have that glass of water first thing in the morning, that might actually wake you up and your, your cup of coffee you might not need for another two hours. It that's might. such a
0: good tip. I started implementing that probably a year ago. I keep water by my nightstand, and that's the first thing I do, and it's it's room temperature. It's not cool, but I feel as though I knocked out one cup of water for my entire day's intake. A lot of the times, I think we dehydrate overnight, especially with running our heaters. The heater, yep. Yeah, so I've implemented that. I really like that. I've also heard you can, you know, squeeze a little lemon in there and that mm-hmm. helps with maybe your metabolism and stuff, but I just drink the straight water and it it helps. I like it. Yeah. It's a good habit that I've built.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you want to make sure that you that you don't drink caffeine unless you absolutely need it. So always starting with water is a good way to rule out those times when you can get by without it. So you, you know, you don't become as dependent. Good. Okay. So two more
0: questions.
1: Mm-hmm five-hour energies, those shots. No, I don't like them because the benefit of having coffee or energy drinks or a large container is something called volumetrics, which is because it takes up so much space, you have pause points. You have time to register like, okay, I'm awake enough. I don't need to finish this whole venti coffee. With an energy shot or even just espresso shots, um, Sometimes the caffeine is so concentrated that you end up having more caffeine than you need. And with five hour energy, there's oftentimes it comes in two. So people that are exhausted might have one shot and expect caffeine to kick in right away. It doesn't. Caffeine takes like twenty minutes to kick in. Mm. So there are some people that have that second container because they're not feeling it. And then when it does kick in, it's too much. So you've, you've given yourself way too much caffeine and you've already done it. You've already swallowed it. So there's nothing you can do. So I, I highly recommend having those larger you know amounts of caffeine, whether it's coffee or tea or an energy drink, but like, don't make it concentrated. I don't, I don't like concentrated forms
0: of caffeine. Okay. Duly noted because... When you've gone overboard with the caffeine, I'm guessing that's when the jitters come in and you're kind of shaky. That's not a fun feeling.
1: It's not a fun feeling, right? And it can be dangerous depending on how overboard you went.
0: Okay. Yes. I was looking on your website and I saw Stevia. There's a Stevia drink. I personally like Stevia. I feel as though if I'm going to get a sweetener and it's not real cane sugar, mm-hmm. Stevia is the next best option. hmm and i even drink a soda that's called zevia and it's yeah and i love it it's it gives me my you know pop of um carbonation i love soda but i know it's it's liquid candy is what it is so talk to me about stevia and even zevia are are those good is that
1: delivering me caffeine i don't i'm not sure zevia uh, the brand zevia does have drinks with and without caffeine, their energy drink is pretty, like it says, Zevia energy drinks, like right on the label, so you, mm-hmm. you won't buy it by accident, it's, it's clear that that's an energy drink, I love that one, for people that aren't fans of artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, artificial colors, that's a brand that I happily recommend, okay, because cool. if you're trying to avoid those things, and that's a great brand, they also follow good manufacturing practices, they know what they're doing, and their ingredients are simple, so it's something that I can recommend with confidence because they have natural ingredients, a low amount of caffeine, and I'm a big proponent of stevia, the natural sweetener. Uh, you know, stevia and monk fruit are probably the two leading natural sweeteners, and I, I really like those two. I've studied them as a food scientist, and there's great, you know, great safety behind them.
0: Monk fruit's coming up on the scene. I've been hearing more and more about monk fruit lately than anything. Yes.
1: Yes, uh, monk fruit or lohan guo tastes a little different. Like the the sweetness kind of hits you later um, on the tongue than stevia. So oftentimes people will combine them. It's a little expensive to do that. So You'll see it in the bigger brands. But a stevia monk fruit combination really gives you this nice sweetness. That's not overbearing. Um, sometimes if you just have the stevia, some people get this bitter metallic aftertaste. And you won't find that as much if you're finding a stevia monk fruit combination. Yeah,
0: on my tongue, stevia can sometimes taste the equivalent to me of like decaf or diet. Yeah. And I don't really love that, but I still just deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm a proponent. I love the zevia soda. I really do. So yes,
1: they're a great last one.
0: last question, what popular energy drinks should we maybe stay away from? Not the ones that not oh, a lot of yeah. people know about, but what would you recommend that we kind of stay away from?
1: I might have it with me. So I highly recommend people stay away from Bang, B-A-N-G. Mm, okay, I, never heard of I, it. Good, good, I'm glad. Um, Bang is exploding in sales. I just saw something yesterday that they're, they, they bought a new manufacturing facility in Arizona because they're they're growing, they're manufacturing, and the reason I don't like them, well, there's three reasons. The first and the biggest reason is that there's 300 milligrams of caffeine, so that's almost your whole day's amount if you're an adult, and it's, I mean, if you're under 18, you can only have 100 milligrams of caffeine. Oh, I and mean, wow. if you look at how colorful this is, it's like bright pink and blue. It's called Rainbow Unicorn. So I don't know, it kind of appeals to kids, but yeah. this is like three times the amount of caffeine that they should have in one day. And the um so the first problem is the high amount of caffeine. The second problem is that they hide the amount of caffeine in this teeny teeny little warning sign. Like you have to be very vigilant and read all of these tiny fine print to actually find the amount of caffeine. And I don't like that because people should know how much caffeine is in what they're drinking. And the third and the biggest reason I don't like bang is that they are very, they advertise heavily on the super creatine ingredient that they have. It's called super creatine because there's a patent to make it more soluble. However, the thing that they did to the creatine molecule to make it more soluble changes it so that it's unclear whether or not your body actually absorbs it. So it's basically false marketing. It's not clear if your body uses creatine like regular, super creatine like regular creatine. And also there's a lawsuit between Monster Energy and Bang where Monster submitted lab tests. They they tested this formula in a lab and they couldn't find the creatine. So even though it's like shouted Ah. out loud on the label, they couldn't find it in the drink. And that's a problem. If you're if you're advertising you have this ingredient, it should be in there. Especially if you're saying this is what makes our drink different and it's not in there or it's not in there in large enough amounts to actually help you. That's that's false advertising. I really dislike that.
0: Absolutely. That doesn't even seem right. That's that's insane. So stay away from bang. stay I, away from bang. What I love about you is how you just had it right there on your side. You're like, well, this one right <laughs> here. And she pulls it out of a box and shows me it. I love that. So yep. I've got all these right here. Yep. <laughs> that's amazing. So passionate. And that's what I love about you. So Danielle, thank you so much. This was so enlightening. I know my listeners learned so much. I know they're sitting there assessing their level and what they're going to do and how they're going to use fatigue as a tool. Mm -hmm. and how they're going to use caffeine responsibly yep and not like me who when I was you know 18 19 20 going to the clubs under age and drinking my red bull and vodkas
1: we're not going to do that (laughs) we've all done that but we we should yeah it's really good in cherry bombs too (laughs) yeah I mean moderation that's the key if you can limit it to one 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 caffeinated drink and one alcoholic drink that's fine but no one stops at one you know so
0: Absolutely. Thank you again so much, Danielle. And I'm going to link everything up. I want people to reach out to you. I want people to learn more about what you do and the science behind it. Mm-hmm. Where can we find out more?
1: So there's actually a free ebook that I have about the caffeine levels and the five levels of fatigue. Um, if you go to com slash caffeine level, level like singular, if you add that S, caffeine levels that take you to the wrong place. Um, ebook.greeneyedguide.com slash caffeine level will bring you to a place where you can download a free ebook about the different levels of fatigue and how to match the caffeine for that level. Other than that, greeneyedguide.com is my main site, and there's several different ways you can get in contact with me there through social media or through emailing me directly. Um, That that site is really the hub, and you can find my book on energy drinks uh, there at that site as well. So what
0: did you guys think of today's episode? Special shout-out goes out to my children who stayed quiet during this whole entire interview. And I want to know if you guys are ready to book your breakthrough session with me. I do 30-minute breakthrough sessions that you can apply for so you can uncover your passion, discover the calling that's on your heart that you want to maybe monetize and make passive income with. I'm your girl. Just go to putyourpassiontowork.com forward slash work with me and click on breakthrough session to apply. Hey, real quick before you go, if you are inspired by today's show and you learn something new, I want you to take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Put Your Passion to Work because together we can practice abundance, take inspired action and help motivate other passionate women just like us.